0: Welcome to I'm Not Dead Yet with Judy and Travis, a podcast about living an extraordinary life with extraordinary circumstances. welcome to the i'm not dead yet podcast i'm your co-host travis robinson i was diagnosed with parkinson's disease at age 35 in 2014
1: and i'm your other co-host judy yaris my husband sandy had parkinson's disease for 18 years And I was his care partner.
0: This episode is part two of the terrible, horrible, no good, very bad, or what I like to say, fuck day (laughs) that I had yesterday, as a matter of fact, when we're recording this. um, And we're talking this episode about what I did and what is to be done with those kinds of days. Days that no matter... No matter what you do, you exercise diligently, you drink your water, you consume your electrolyte, you eat your breakfast, you eat your pre-breakfast, you follow up. All the quote-unquote rules of how to be a good parkie, and you still get sometimes just fucked by this disease, this brain decay that comes out of left field and just slams you, no matter what you do.
1: That's right, Travis. There are some days when it doesn't matter what you do, it's just going to be a nightmare. And you certainly had that yesterday. I mean, I my heart was feeling heavy and it was hard to listen to you. And it, it made me flashback to a few days that Sandy had, not a few, over 18 years. There were many days on and off occasionally when, well, how can I word it? There were days when things just didn't go right, no matter what he did, no matter what I did. And I can say as a care partner, it is difficult to watch. And you feel basically helpless in this situation. And who knows what your brain is doing? For whatever reason, you just had a wire that got crossed for the day. And and maybe and today you woke up and here you are. And I mean, I think this is what we have to look at. We have to focus not so much on oh my God, that was a horrible day yesterday. But let's look at the fact that today the sun came up and you just did a little Beatles rendition for me and now we have a little Annie <laughs> reference as well, all of which I'm thrilled. Um, but, but I think it, it's really hard to imagine not wanting to just say to someone, just shoot me. Take me out of my misery right now.
0: Right, and you touched on something that I think may be familiar to a lot of our listeners, which is the care partner's perspective here. And that is part of why I wanted to describe yesterday in such agonizing detail, punfully intended. <laughs> that it's like most of the day I was alone but for a brief portion of that my care partner Sarah was home and she was helping me get dressed for lodge and I have no idea what it looked like to her in truth but I know it didn't look good I've known her long enough we Just celebrated 14 years. Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Uh, Yesterday, as a matter of fact, but whatever, Um, that I know her facial expressions when she's feeling, you know, guarded, but not wanting to, you know, Add to my constraint by uh, panicking, but it's the tone of her voice when you're you're going to lodge today. It's like, okay, what she's really saying there is you're not possibly fit to drive, so are you getting a ride? And I respond with the one word, Uber, because, again, my face is all pulled off to the side, and speaking intelligibly is nigh impossible. I described that on our last episode, and it's... (sighs) I have no idea what it would be like for someone living with a parkie such as myself going through a day like yesterday. But it can't be fun.
1: No, it's not fun. And it's not easy. And yet we still do it because we want to do it. And I think that's the part that makes it different. It's like I know Sarah and Sarah certainly must have been feeling very sad at the moment, feeling kind of helpless at that point, although she was able to help you get your tie on and get your cufflinks on. Which I think was great.
0: Yeah, she had to YouTube how to tie a tie bow tie on someone else. <laughs> which, right.
1: It's hard. It's hard to do, know, I know. <laughs> it,
0: it's a perspective that even I didn't have.
1: Right. And I have never been good at, at tying ties. I was never very good at it. They always <laughs> looked a little funky. But I I have to say that something clicks for us. And I think for me at least, I I can't speak for all care partners, but I can speak for myself. And I can tell you that something would click for me and it's what I would call the crisis mode. I would just go into crisis mode, which meant that it didn't matter what was happening, no matter how bad it was, no matter how ugly it was, no matter how difficult it was, I would just do it. It's as if someone just enters my body and I would just go, okay, we can do this together and we'll make it happen. And I think it's that camaraderie that allows the person with PD to to get through it and to say, okay, I can do this. I'm going to take my Uber. Don't worry. I'll be okay. Right. And I've gone this far, and now I'm going to make it through the rest of the day. And it's not easy to do. And maybe after you left, and I don't know what she did, but I can tell you in my situations after that would happen, I'd have myself a good cry. All of a sudden, I would have a letdown. <laughs> and, and then I'd pull myself together and say, hey, he's alive. He went on to go do, usually it would happen sometimes even before he was going to do a stand-up routine or something. And, and I would go, he went out there and he put himself out in front of people. And who am I to judge and say, you can't do this. So there's a certain something that happens for care partners at times that we're able to disassociate with the horrible part. And we just look at the person and go, this person is alive and they want to live their life. And this is how they're going to live their life. And as I said to you, for me, I don't know that I could get through that kind of a day, Travis. I don't, but maybe I could. I, I don't know. You know, you're not, you never know what you can do until you're in the face of it. And I, I think that's very true.
0: For most right, people. and it is absolutely true. I think that a couple of things come to mind. One is that I learned about seemingly intolerable suffering while mountaineering. As I've said before, mountaineering is the art of suffering elegantly. <laughs> <And> right, <laughs> It is truly uh, about pushing yourself beyond all reasonable expectation and then pushing yourself a little further. It's what gave me the tenacity to get dinner on board last night when I could have very easily just gone to bed without and said the hell with eating. Right. It's like I knew that I had to get the calories on board in order for me to continue functioning for the rest of the day. I wanted to function for the rest of the day. So therefore, I had to figure out some way by hook or crook to get that fucking dinner made and eaten now it was not the most elegant and my fork was dropped more times than i can count and i once dropped the spatula and had to wash that but it was done and at the end of the night i was able to collapse knowing that i did what i needed to do and so did that feel gratifying
1: to you travis in spite of all the shit that you went through Did you feel a certain amount of gratitude that you made it through the day? I mean, how did that transpire for you? What, what, what was going on with you? Like when you got, you came home after you had been out, you came home, you finally got in bed, you finally got awakened again at 1.30, whatever time it was, and then you were able to get yourself back in bed. How, how did that feel for you at that moment? Like, what was going through your mind? Were you just going, I've had enough? Or did you say, I made it, and there's another day?
0: Um, I don't know that I actually thought of a whole lot of, um, you know, great philosophical thoughts on that. It's really more of a like, ow, 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 okay less out. Okay. Breathe. Out, out, out. Less out. Breathe. Out, out, out. Okay. Down my hand. <laughs> okay. You know. But yeah. it is I don't know. I just I I learned to practice a very long time ago. I can't Gosh, I want to say it was like Around high school age, if I had gone to high school, it would have been when I was in high school. It was that a friend of mine actually told me this. He said, "I every time I want to complain, I take a little personal recorder. Back then, they were the way to do it with right. the little micro cassettes and whatnot. And he said, I just record myself complaining. And then at the end of the day, I listened to everything I complained about all day. And I stopped complaining after like three days of that. And that really struck me, Judy. I was like, wow, I don't like hearing other people complain. I don't like hearing myself complain. So I just basically stopped doing it.
1: Right. I I think that's great advice, Travis, to not, you know, I mean, you can get it out. No, I don't think anyone ever tells you, hold in your feelings, don't complain, don't whine. And some days we allow ourselves to do that. I am one that certainly on occasion has allowed myself to complain and whine and have a pity party every so often. But I remember that I always used to say, I have to look at what I am grateful for and the gratitude I have for just waking up in the morning that I'm one of the lucky ones, you know? I get to wake up in the morning. I get to see the sunshine. I feel pretty good aside from a few normal aches and pains that you have, I think, at this point of your life that I am mm-hmm. this new <laughs> level that I'm at. <laughs> and, um, you know, I just... I can't complain. I, I just don't feel I have the right to do that. And I, and even when Sandy was at the worst of the worst in the last three months of his life, which were probably the most challenging of 51 years of being together, I never felt like I, I could complain about it. I was just grateful that every day he woke up and to see what was going to happen for that day. And I, I think that you have this attitude and this you do have this tenacity. And maybe it came from your mountain climbing. I certainly never climbed any mountains. I have done a few heroic things in my life um, that I think were significant. I think I gave birth to three children, and that was pretty amazing. Which
0: is very significant. My <laughs> yes. hat's off to every mother in the world. <laughs> yes.
1: So I think that's a pretty significant Thing to be able to go through childbirth and um, and do it and be aware of what's going on. It it does give you a certain amount of tougher toughness with that. And then probably the second most significant thing I did was when I rode my bike from San Francisco to Los Angeles,
0: and which is no small feat. No small (laughs) feat, and
1: I did it twice and. Uh, to a year apart. and And I have to say that it was that experience that taught me that if I can do this, I think I can do just about anything in my life. Now, you could ask me to go on a roller coaster and I would say, nope, I am not interested in doing that. So I do have certain limitations about things I don't want to do. But if you told me that I had to go on a roller coaster or something terrible would happen to someone in my family, or someone that I love, someone dear that I love, I guess I would get on that roller coaster and figure it out. And I think that's what happens when you're a care partner. You're on a roller coaster, like you don't know what the days are going to bring. And you can have a list And you can be organized and you can have charts and schedules and you can have everything in place. But the reality is, all of it can go out the window in one morning.
0: Right. It has been often said that uh, no battle plan survives first contact with the enemy. (laughs) It is, you can be the greatest planner. You can have the. Most dialed routine that we talked about on a previous episode. You can be super punctual with your oatmeal and your banana at exactly 7.45 every morning. And then at 8.02, in spite of all that you've done, all hell breaks loose and there's nothing to do but endure. Right, you know that which cannot be changed must be endured.
1: I think so. I, I mean, I think we have to make that choice to get through it, and then make the choice to accept the fact that something can be better, even if it's terrible right now. You know, I, I always love that that <laughs> quote you gave from Mark Twain because. You're right. In five minutes, and he was right, in five minutes, everything can change. You can have the most wonderful, glorious day. You can be involved doing the things you love to do. You can forget that you ever had Parkinson's. You can be engaged. And and then maybe it it changes again. And maybe it's not so good. But it's worth it to try to see if you can get to that other side. And that's how I always look at it. If we can work through it, if we can get past it, whatever it takes. Um In your case, Travis, you were on your own and, and Sandy was by himself a lot. So a lot of things I didn't see, you know, I was working yeah. and I come home and I could tell that things were off. You know, I knew that it wasn't quite the day that he was expecting it to be. It didn't go quite the way he wanted it to go.
0: Right. And I wanted to touch on something. You talked about, if I can get through this, I can do anything. And whatever your this is, is just as valid as the next person's this. We've all got life experiences that may not be mountaineering for you it may not be bicycling long distance for me it may be big wave surfing for one person or cross-country skiing for another it might be running that marathon or it might be walking down the block. But whatever it is, we've got that experience where if we hold on to it, we can get an amazing amount of strength from the lesson that we learned about enduring. Yes. And we can know that, hey, we survived today. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing. If you make it through today, then you've at least got a shot at tomorrow being a brighter, better, sunnier day. And every day you wake up and you're on this side of the grass, it's a good day.
1: That's right. That is absolutely true, that we have to look at it as something very positive, even if it some days doesn't feel quite so positive. So today, Travis, I mean, you sound pretty good today. I I did have an opportunity to see you yesterday during part of the support group. And I could tell that you were not having your best day, although I did not know what exactly was going on. And today you seem pretty good. So, you know, what's it like today? This is the day after.
0: So today is, you know, wake up after probably 96 minutes of sleep the night before and get up and moving slowly, but got dressed, made my shake, got out the door, uh, did more walking than running today for my two miles, and you know, came in and recorded this podcast with you. So, okay. Yeah, today I'm speaking intelligibly, and, you know, it's a much better day. And the sun did come out, and it is shining, at least here in lovely Los Angeles. Where Yes,
1: I was going to say we're in Southern <laughs> California, so the sun shines most of the time. Well, yesterday it was overcast almost most of the day. So,
0: right. So,
1: maybe that was a maybe it was a barometric pressure <laughs> issue yesterday, which would be interesting to see if that affects PD in some way. I wonder if anyone has ever looked at that.
0: Yeah, who knows? It could also be based on what my poodles find to chew up for breakfast. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, I'm glad that you're feeling better, Travis. And I, I know that you. Thanks.
0: You're, me too.
1: Yeah. I know this journey is certainly something that is not for the faint of heart. I never quite understood that, what that meant, but I remember people referencing it.
0: I've always thought that it meant that if your heart is the type to faint, it's not the experience for you those who are brave of heart or strong-hearted can plow through it okay
1: well so and, and I love that you recognize for people that maybe your this is just getting from the bed to the bathroom maybe that's all you can do in a day maybe it's just standing up on your own Maybe that's all you can do for the day for a few moments. If you, maybe you're wheelchair bound and, and you can't walk and maybe you can just stand or maybe it's a matter of just recognizing and appreciating the day that you're awake and you're able to have a really positive outlook on life. Because I think that's what really takes us. Pretty far. We know that the mechanics, we know the um, the physiological changes that take place with PD can be so difficult and so devastating for so many people. But how you approach it mentally can really impact those physiological changes as well. It can have a tremendous amount of of Impact to make you have a better day. And that's what we're always talking about on this show.
0: Right. And regardless of what your woolly mammoth is, you know, human beings evolved to hunt them. They are big, dangerous beasts that mankind hunted with spears. Right. Let, let me just put that into perspective. Right. For our with spears. Audience. <laughs> Imagine yourself with a spear. Not a particularly good one, just mostly a sharpened stick, maybe with a bone point or a a flint point that you managed to tie on to it. And now imagine a ginormous elephant, bigger than the regular standard elephants, not that those are small to begin with. And this thing has giant tusks and is... Pissed, and you're going to go hunt it. You and your band of tribesmen, or whatever, you're going to hunt this because that is how you're going to get enough meat to survive the winter. Human beings evolved to take on enormous challenges. We've adapted many things, whether you're a sporting person, an athlete, a parent, all of those milestones, you can find your woolly mammoth in there some point in your life where you accept this massive challenge and choose to hunt it anyway. That will give you the courage and the determination to power on regardless of whatever the life sends your way. That's right, Travis.
1: I think that's a great way to look at it and to see the world in a whole different point of view. So I thank you for your candidness. I thank our listeners for hanging in there and being willing to hear the truth and to hear Travis's journey and my journey. Um I think it's not easy sometimes to realize what may happen or what may not happen. And that's the thing about Parkinson's folks, You may never get a foot cramp. You may never get dystonia. You may never have your hand get so tight that it feels like it's just going to fall off. Those things may never happen to you. You may not have tremors. Your Parkinson's might be so different and you may have Parkinson's for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, as we've heard from people we've interviewed. And It's just what it is. So all we can do is try to encourage you to stay focused, enjoy your life, have a good time on the days you can have the good days and get through it and enjoy the holidays. Because we're in it right
0: now. Yep. And with that, I think we'll wrap this episode. Again, Judy, thanks for sticking with me for this one. And a thanks to our listeners. That's a wrap. Bing.